Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're still determined to push ahead. Of course. This time we take the engine. Passengers! As in the beginning, I belong to the front. You belong to the tail. Keep your place. Security expert, he's in the prison section now. If we can get him to cooperate, he can take us all the way to the front of the train. Keep going! Keep going! Keep going! Are you Nam Goodman Sue? Security specialist? You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Everybody, what is happening? I'll tell you what's happening. What's going on? Snowpiercer, that's what's happening. Yeah, motherfucker. Oh, for, <laughs> for our regular listeners, you're probably expecting us to come in with the trailer for uh, Times Square and start going retro, retro with the 80s kind of... Uh, I don't know what what kind of genre you call that. Kind of like punk, the lost. It, it, it's yeah, it's a coming of age. It's in the punk era. Yeah, like SLC uh, punk, all that shit. Dudes, everything like that. Yeah, and, and you know, you get a real good idea of what uh, New York looks like because it doesn't really look like that anymore, as far as like the grimy. Yeah. So. It. Yeah. So that that was the planned review for this episode, episode one hundred and sixty nine. Nine. One sixty nine. I nailed it. Um. And for for a while now, I've been agonizing over having to watch this film, Snowpiercer, because 
uh, we when I first saw the trailer, I think we we posted on Movie Sucktastic on the Facebook page, and immediately like, okay, this is a piece of shit. You, the trailer's horrible. There's no way this is a good film. Yeah, I didn't even realize this movie's uh, almost two years old already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But then all of a sudden, I start seeing because it, it hits Netflix, and I start seeing all these people, like intelligent uh, people that I know, uh, um, people that whose opinions I actually respect. Uh, it was like, oh yeah, it was great. Oh yeah, it was I liked it. Oh, it was good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Every, <laughs> everybody, I can't find one person that doesn't like this. Um, so I kept putting it off. It's like, oh, I'm gonna have to watch this because I gotta find. I, you know, this is gonna be another thing where I was wrong. So, oh yeah, the trailer was shit, but then I watched it. It was a great film, and so uh, I ended up giving uh, Joey got a rare phone call from me around yeah. like nine thirty, ten o'clock on a weeknight. Uh, usually, no, 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 it was a Saturday night. It was a Saturday? But we yeah. don't call each other late at night. We're not like, you know, No, no we, we don't even we, text late at night. We, 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 know, we know where each other stands. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, well, I mean, I wouldn't mind a text now and then, but that's besides the point. I text uh, you all the time. <laughs> now that you have a real phone. Um, oh, ooh, oh, I've had that I, thing I, for over a year. Can you believe I called, that? Yeah, I called Joey and he said, Joey, don't panic. Nobody's dead. But I need to call an emergency change of venue. We have to review Snowpiercer next. This will not fucking wait. And you have to watch this tonight. Well, it was interesting because when he calls me, he didn't say, we, don't ha- we have to review Snowpiercer next. He says, we have to review Snowpiercer. And right then and there, I'm thinking, uh, right now? <laughs> I'm like... I was ready. I, I, I can wing it if you just lead the way, <laughs> which we never do. We always watch the films. Uh, uh, we've either watched them or uh, previously, or we watch them. We've never, so quote unquote, winged it. We with, don't with, like to. We don't do the, that. Yeah, I think the only exception is when we were supposed to do Staying Alive, and I accidentally watched. Um, uh, what Saturday Night Fever? Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is. You've seen you've seen Staying Alive. No, I haven't. I still haven't. That's why. Oh, so, really? I'd never seen either of them all the way through. That's why I was totally lost. Like it, it took us ten minutes. To, Wait a minute. We're not talking about the same film, are we? <laughs> God, what episode was that? Oh, I that, it, that, that was like in the. Uh, wasn't I too far back. It was in the fifties, forties, or fifties. No, no, no. It was in the. I think it was in the high eighties. I'm. I'm. That's what I meant. Yeah. No, I, no. I, I, uh, anyway. I, I, I thought I thought it was in the high eighties. I thought it was sooner than that, but but you know I, it's all a blur. Uh, so I was like, Joey, you need to watch this, and I'm like, and I'm thinking, all right, is this going to be our first Joey versus Scott episode? Is no. Joey? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I I definitely didn't hate it as much as you and Holly did, but uh, no, oh. no. Well, now I, see the way Scott reacted to this film. Is the way I reacted to law the ending of Law Abiding Citizen, or pretty mm. much the last twenty minutes or so? Well, you and because, I were age of that. Though. Yeah, we were, we were. But I, it was the roles were reversed. Where I called Scott. Actually, I didn't call you. We did a Skype session. We weren't even doing a show. I was just like, "You got to Skype with me now." <laughs> and I was just like, "I was like Scott. I, I don't even know where to begin." I go, movies like, I think the movie was an hour and 50 minutes. I go, hour and 30 minutes? Love this fucking movie. And it's like, am I not supposed to be rooting for Gerard Butler's character? (laughs) It it just, it's like, 
am I really not supposed to be rooting for this guy? Because they literally turn it around in the last 20 minutes where it's like, yeah, he's the bad guy. It's like, no, you got it all wrong. He's the good guy. (laughs) There are no good guys in Snowpiercer. I I hate to say it. You know, I'm still looking to see if there is an alternate ending to that movie, but I don't believe that there is. Now, now, law-abiding citizens. To to, to maybe... Maybe one of the reasons I was so angry about this film, uh, and the reason Holly was so angry because she's not a, a veteran like myself. She really can't handle films that are this bad. Um, <laughs> but, again, the fact is, like, it wasn't just like, oh, here's a movie, we, you know, let's see it. I had people recommending this. People, again, again, people who I would actually go to and say, hey, what did you think of this? People that I re- whose opinions on artistic matters, literary theatrical i trust i i have faith in these people and no. they let and they let and it, it was uniform across the board so it's like okay maybe maybe there's something redeeming in this film and there there's like there's one redeeming thing in this film that i'll reveal at some point but other than that i got nothing <laughs> now um i, I want to backtrack for a second uh, let's talk about the the writer director. Uh, I'm not pr- now, I'm sure the pronunciation. Am I, am, am I challenging something to uh, uh, off of this to you? If you want to, it wasn't pl- this wasn't planned. So only we don't because have to. only because, and I'm not even going to leave it for a surprise for later uh, because it's not like a formal challenge to you. Uh-huh. But if we wanted to review something awesome, we should do uh, Runaway Train with fucking Eric Roberts and John Voight. This movie is Runaway Train meets Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> but but reversed. This right. film, in, dude, it was film was so bad. Look what I dug out. Get out of here. The old notebook that we we started the show. Oh Make man. notes in these. Yeah, here we go. In case anyone, I got mine too. Right here. We. I, As a matter of fact, let's play a game. What's the last thing other than this, obviously, that you wrote a review for? Oh, I was actually looking at that. It's uh, kind of hard because at one point I started see. doubling back and using Ooh. every other page. Um, but these books <laughs> I bought for both of us at a yard sale. Uh, like the when we first started the show, I was like, Joey, we need to take notes, and we, we've strayed back and forth from it. But uh, if I go to the last entry before Snowpiercer, it mine, is mine is the Beastmaster. Hunger Games. Oh, really? Beastmaster, yeah. Mine is the Hunger Games. That's well, like I, 80, 90 episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, but I, I but again, I, I kind of started doubling back. So and I've, I've got stuff in here we didn't review. Like I did when I did that Friday the Thirteenth marathon where I watched all the films in a row one weekend. Right. I, I, I have, like, pages of notes for that. Oh, yeah, I got a couple of pages, like, uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Which I, I, yeah, so, but, um... Uh, the kids film Up. I mean, we never reviewed any of that. Oh, here's my law-abiding citizen. <laughs> now, I didn't have it on hand when I watched the film. <laughs> film. Uh-oh. The, the last line I have for my law-abiding citizen review, I don't know if the camera's going to catch that, it just says, fucking bullshit. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, but I, I didn't have this on me when I was watching the movie because sometimes you get better notes when you're doing it live. So I went back sure. later and made some notes, so I don't have much here that I don't already have in my head. Okay, uh, but I, I wanted to get back into using this, and this film kind of hit me. But uh, I want to I want to double back to the name the writer director who's uh, I, I'm not sure the pronunciation. I think it's uh, Yoon Hoo Bong. Bong Joon Ho or something like that. You, you, it's Yoo Han Bong again. Pronunciation. I'm not trying to be funny. I just don't know. I think um, uh, his American pronounced is, name is different than his Korean pronounced name. Like oh, it's like Boon Hong Ho or something. Boon Jung Ho. 
Some uh, alternate like bong, uh, bong, bong, it's like backwards. Yeah. Uh, bong okay. Now, uh, I've seen films of his before. Two of his films I've seen is The Host. Which I uh, haven't seen. Which uh, I I heard loved. that was... Oh, really? I, I, I thought that was a bad one. No, I loved it. They were actually talking about making an American version of it at one point. I bought the rights. I bought the stock on uh, HSX for that American version. Maybe I'm thinking of something else because the poster kind of looks like one of those sci-fi original movies. No, it does look like that. But it, but uh, the host was like a take on the giant monster films. But there was a the, there was a uh, everything. It was about family, uh, and there was a very complex uh, subtext to the film. Really? Uh, it, yeah, really good. And the other film is Mother. Which was fucking amazingly good. It's about a mother with a, a mentally handicapped uh, son, and uh, there's a murder, and he's like framed for it or something. And like, it's just like the th- the thing she does to protect her son. Fucking amazing film. So what the fuck happened? Deep complex. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, it, it's the only th- the only film he wrote and directed b- before Snowpiercer. Uh, lo- among those that I haven't seen is uh, Tokyo, which came out after The Host. I've never seen that. But the host and mother, uh, and then there's a there's a gap, and then Snowpiercer. So so I think I'm starting to understand why this film was reviewed so well, because of his other films that are reviewed and uh, uh, so well, like the host and mother, that maybe people have some issues with this, but not enough to not give it a good review because mm. of his previous work. Well. Does that make any sense? It's possible. I mean, as somebody with a cult following, which at I mean, this think, point think he about had. it. I mean, you got let's say Quentin Tarantino. Let's say he follows up uh, Inglorious Bastards with Django, and it's kind of okay. Not that you'd give it a pass, but you'd be like, well, it was kind of okay. You might give it a bit of a pass because you you like his previous work so much. Maybe that's what's going on here. I, I guess now I, I confronted several of the people that had raved about the film before, and and I, when I say rave, it's not like they were screaming at me to watch it, but they they were giving it positive reviews, mm-hmm. and no one no one was willing to call our hotline and defend it. No, I did, yeah, I saw, I, I noticed that. I, I promised to be nice. I said we won't be negative, uh, uh, but I just want I need to hear some input on this, uh, and everyone declined because I I don't know if they were scared because I came out so harsh. If that was the case, I do apologize. But God, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> now, I'm all. And here's the here's the problem I have with sci-fi. Okay. Sci-fi can have a message. Sure. And and sci-fi can be abstract and bizarre. But the level of seriousness in the sci-fi film has to match the uh, seriousness it's... of oh. the. Uh, the subtext of, of the metaphor. And this film is one big, wet, greasy, stinking metaphor that slaps you across the face every five minutes. Oh, yeah, they're always letting you know that, uh, you know, the, the little fish are being eaten by the big fish. This film is, is, is like being fucked in the ear by a giant, smelly metaphor <laughs> for two hours. It is just horrible. And so, I, I mean, just... I'm not anti-sci-fi, but most sci-fi sucks. I mean, look at, like, let's say, take yeah, Blade Runner. That's just a fact. <laughs> yeah, I mean, take Blade Runner, for example. Let's take a classic. Okay. Okay? Now, is it realistic in the sense that it could actually happen? Probably not. But 
and there's the, there's a metaphor in there about you know hum, humanity and the soul and what makes a person like you know all that's there and they at least construct a reality that has a logic to it and then you got films like daybreakers right where which was another film that you like despised and, and uh you, i you didn't know, and, you know maybe it's because again all right, you can argue, sep- you know, um, uh, uh, suspension of disbelief. You can argue entertainment. I often do myself when people pinch fits about little shit in films. But when you're pushing a message, this is why I hate Forrest Gump with a passion. When you're pushing a message, when you're making a, when you're constructing your whole film as a metaphor, right. and it's like, okay, it's not just, I'm not just, we're not just saying, oh, you know, we're gonna put ten criminals on an island and they're gonna kill each other until there's only one the condemned which i haven't watched yet i just, I just got a copy of it that's why i'm mentioning that okay. but you you mean you, okay we're doing that for fun or if you want okay it's in a, it's a it's in the future and vampires rule the world great if it's for fun whatever whatever the fuck i love blade it doesn't have to make sense the <laughs> yeah. first one the first well, one I mean, sure that. Well, i like the second one but but, but when you know what that could be a good uh scott versus joey i'd have to revisit that but i think you're right <laughs> but but when you when you take when you when you say okay this film is about something and it's about right. something important and it's going to be serious and there, you know there'll be a little humor humor sprinkled here and here but we're going to be delivering a message and this will be a metaphor for this it means something and we're going to we're going to build uh, a, a reality around this and there's going to be a logic to this and when you do that and the logic is not logical I get angry. Because you can't, it, it's like listening to a Republican, and I hate to get political on our show. I try not to, but it's like listening. Or ignore that. It's like listening to somebody who doesn't, who has a, a political opinion that you think is stupid, and instead of just being logical, they construct this false reality around it that makes no sense. And oh, that's right. what okay. that's what this fucking Snowpiercer is. It's it's a simple concept. Okay, I'm going to take a long train in the future. And all society is going to be condensed on this one train, and we're going to have class separation and the class struggle there. And it's going to be a metaphor for politics and human nature and all this. Okay, all right, I'm with you. But we're not going to make it surreal. Someone, so I, if you want to have fun, go on IMDb and just read random reviews of this. Just, just ran- randomly? Random, only read five-star reviews and one-star reviews. Because the five star review people are out of their fucking minds. <laughs> I there's somebody there actually compared it to Brazil. It's like no no no. Whoa. No. Brazil is surrealism that's not supposed to be. It's a farce, it's a satire that pokes fun at the system, but it, it is such a surreal film, it is not actually trying to build a, a, a actual reality. It's poking fun at reality by showing how stupid it is. You can't, that to, the fact that the person compared it to Brazil shit tells you sure. they're fucked. Just, just, just the way they have to make a phone call in that movie is just, okay, mm. this technology was mastered in 1912. <laughs> I, I don't think plugging things you know, into other things and then, you know, uh, pull it, it. No, come on. It was uh, like you're right. It was obviously, you know, satire. So let's not get silly. Compared it to Brazil. <laughs> Come on. Um, so, uh, I mean, so you've got that kind of where, ah, the premise of the film mm. is that, oh, and, and uh, I, I love this one. It's like the premise of the film is that uh, 
people tried to uh, cure global global uh, warming. Yeah, with the, this chemical called CW seven, I believe. Yeah, you know, you know what else you could call it? We could call it Ice Nine because they ripped it off of Kurt Vonnegut. We could call it that. <laughs> but yeah, so they decided to try to reverse global warming and doing so fuck up the planet. So we've got an anti-left message there. But there's plenty of anti... And, and that confused everybody because now people are arguing whether it's anti-left or anti-right. So no, no, no. It's anti-everything. All right? So, you know, the fact that people are trying to make it mean one thing other than the other just shows how fucked the film already is. So every the rest of the world has completely gone away except for this one Ayn Rand wet dream billionaire who built his own luxury train and apparently if you travel fast enough on a train it doesn't it it, it doesn't get cold <laughs> that that was explained that uh, I mean there's the whole thing where they meet children and are chanting uh, you know if the train stops you die so if a train moves fast enough I think this was Einstein's uh, had, had an example of this if a train moves fast enough the interior won't get too cold where everybody dies. Didn't they say there's something like 10,000 people on this train, too? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we saw maybe uh, 50 or 60, but, yo, sure, yeah, 10,000 people. That's why they... <laughs> because it, what it looked like to me that there were more uh, there were more rich, well-to-do people than there were poor people in this movie. Well... And it's yeah. and and the way that there could be ten thousand people and you know one thousand of them or five hundred of them are in the front of the train, the well-to-do, and everyone else is in the shit. But it didn't look that way. It looked like there was way more well-to-do, and it's almost like maybe you're in the back of the train because you suck. <laughs> well, let, let's let's bring that up. Let's let's talk about the social dynamics here of okay. why there are poor people in the back of the train. Now, the film is a metaphor for um, uh, the rich and, and the poor, and right. there's a whole thing about balance. There. But again, this film's not subtle in any fucking way. And no. Oh, uh, by the way, mm. I, I know it was based on a, on, a, on a French graphic novel. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, it has no bearing on the film. People stop telling me that, like, as if somehow I'm supposed to go, oh, okay. No, it has no fucking bearing on it. Uh, you know, why? Why would that be? Uh, no. You know, it's, just, it's like it, it's somehow it legit, it's, I guess it's supposed to legitimize it more for me. It's like, oh, it's based on a comic book. Oh, so that means it. It, it suddenly, I, it doesn't uh, have to have the same, like you know, coherence as a regular film. No, no, I think I'm still going to stick with my 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 anger. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but and you know, and the fact that it's French. All right, there you go. So we're we're we're, we're we are uh, creating a metaphor about class structure. And so the rich are in the front, like 20, 80,000 cars, whatever. And then the, there are back cars that are just like huddled masses with nothing. They're, they're fed protein bars. They're wearing the same clothing they wore 17 years ago, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the reason there is a class structure is because the upper class have money, have power. And that power and money is provided to them in part because the lower class does stuff. The lower class does things. It makes things. It maintains things. It, it, the, the upper class feeds off the lower class. Whether or not you agree with that statement, it is in, in some way, shape, or form accurate. The re, you know, that, so 
when they're when they're when they're displaying this, where they're showing how the rich people are up front and how they're they're having raves and having saunas and eating sushi and they're doing all this cool stuff, and the people in back aren't doing all they're doing is sitting around. I, I don't know, maybe because they're on welfare. I don't I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> and all they're doing is sitting around waiting for occasionally a guard to come back and look for a random violinist. <laughs> yes, for the well-to-do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now, the, 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 Play something from my with my caviar. Right, because apparently rich people don't learn to play musical instruments. There are no rich <laughs> no, no. They're so rich they have they have poor people do it for them. Right, but yeah, I mean that's obvious. That's uh, yes, it's yeah. not true uh, in the fact that rich people don't learn to play instruments. They do, but that's just what they were what they else? were trying to do that with the film. Which what else? Yeah, but what else would you fucking do except shit like learn to play a violin? What use is the violinist in any fucking? In, a, in like an industrial setting, nothing. Violinist does contributes nothing to society on on a survival level. It is purely, you know. So so what? They just leave these people back here. And all right. So they, so this old guy hasn't had a violin in his hand for fifteen years because he's been too busy sitting around doing nothing, eating protein bars. I'm sure he's still good. But yeah. I'm sure we we don't have somebody in the front that's been like you know fucking around playing violin because they have nothing better to do than you know pursue other things. I mean, they have a violin. And, yeah. Nobody had, else in the front knows how to do that shit. You're raising, right. And they're raising children in the front. They're not teaching these kids how to play musical instruments. They're just pu- they're just pumping propaganda into them because that that's what the upper class does. It just pumps propaganda. Yeah. No. So. They're uh, they're throwing them uh, you know underneath the floorboards to work on the train. Oh, you don't don't give away the ending. I'm kidding. Um, because I mean, well, I mean oh, the one thing that that weirded me it didn't weird me out. It was just left it left me questioning. Why do they need little kids to work on the train? Oh, because they can only fit in these tiny little spaces. So what happened if there wasn't the end of the world? How are they going to work on this train? Did they only get dwarves to do it? I, I don't. I, that I don't understand. I don't understand why that aspect was thrown in there. Because if it wasn't the end of the world, they would have had to work on the train at some point anyhow. Well, here, here, here's the deal. Um, they... Uh in the beginning, so again, like I said, like you have all these poor people crammed together, and they don't have anything. Uh, apparently, there's a flat ball that is that the kids want to play with because I guess 17 years trapped in a, a, a closed environment, no one could whittle together a fucking toy doll or something. Yeah. No. And gee, wait, wait. So the one black kid in this entire train that we see, what does he want? He wants the basketball. That's not fucking <laughs> racist. But moving on. Um, so I mean, the only the only two things that a- actually that it seems like they want from these poor people is the occasional uh, orchestra member and their children. They come in and measure them and they pick them and uh, a heavy set red uh, red haired woman because it's easy to hate fat women. Let's be fair. Uh, they're taking the children now. When I see that, they're uh, I'm thinking, okay, they're eating them. Yeah. And and you know what? If they're eating the children, I'm good with everything in this film. It makes perfect sense to me. If they're eating the poor, then I, that's a metaphor I can get behind. I really that that we're done. I'm not arguing. I'm enjoying the film. Sure. Oh, uh, they're breeding the they're breeding the poor. They eat them because we're feeding off the poor. That's a literal metaphor. I, I'm I'm loving it. No, that would be too easy. No, we're not eating the poor. And then when they when they go and they find out what the source of the protein bars is, I'm thinking it's got to be soil and green. Tell me it's soil and green. I will I will back off a bit, even though they stole it since they already stole Ice Nine. I'll give you soil and green. And the look on his face 
was Soylent Green, but it yeah. it, it wasn't. <laughs> it was like, oh my god! Oh, yeah, and, and so, all right, there, Captain America, yeah, and, just and slow here, down. And I, I, not to get sidetracked, but the logic behind this one too says, well, oh, um, these protein bars are feeding us. They're made out of insects. This huge cauldron filled with teeming masses of insects. Where are they getting the fucking insects? Yeah, did they happen to have a stock of them before the end of the world? Are they? I'm waiting now. They, they, they. Because uh, it's cold as fuck, dude. I've got. And a, one thing that I, you know, notice is insects. They don't come out much when it's cold. Yeah, and they, they don't get down. They do have these greenhouse train cars where they're growing orange trees and shit. But right. I didn't see any insects there, so they're not coming from that. Dude, I have a whole list of shit that's just like, okay, if they're in a closed, if they're like in like this kind of biodome train where everything's balanced, uh, like it, like it's its own little balanced ecosystem, ecosystem, uh, ecosystem, eco, eco. I need some more gin. Then, uh, <laughs> you know, then, then, like, you know, who the fuck's making all this clothing if, if all the poor people aren't working? Why aren't the poor people doing anything? They should be making the clothing. They should be maintaining the truck train. All we see, the only thing we see is the is like the one sushi chef, the violinist <laughs> they steal earlier, and a bunch of uh, Asian uh, landscapers in the greenhouse. Again, racist as fucking hell. Uh, but I guess it's supposed to be because the rich are racist. racist that's why. Uh, that's all we see. And what? So the, wait, these laborers, they, they live with the rich people too? Then uh, how, how is this whole rich thing working? And I'm thinking, wait a minute, what, where's the fucking money coming from? Well, yeah. Now, and, and here's the point I want to make. And I, I kind of alluded this to you, but I didn't want to tip my hand because I wanted this to be fresh. It occurred to me, and this is the reason why I've hated other films like um, Land of the Dead. The, I, the whole concept of the upper class and lower class is not about power. It is about power, but that power is fueled by money. It is fueled by an economy, usually free market. It is based on an economy. You need money to survive, the pay goods, free market, blah, 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 blah. There's no money on this train. Yeah, there's nothing. There's not even anything to trade. Now, if you're trading, then people are producing goods. In the, everything's nice and shiny in the front. People got to be cleaning that. People gotta, that's your working class. There's your poor class. People that are cleaning and maintaining shit for the upper class. If you're not maintaining all of that by your power there has to be some other incentive you have guards that are being paid supposedly somehow uh, i guess by not feeding them insects i don't know how big of a pay hike that is but the whole idea that this entire class structure can be maintained or has any s solid structure is the same logic that keeps the howells millionaires on gilligan's island <laughs> If you're, if you're Scott, Scott texted me. He just texted Gilligan's Island, <laughs> and and I immediately knew what it was, <laughs> and, and I just texted back an eighteen year tour, and he was like, "Wait, what?" And he was like, "Oh, wait a minute. No, I got it." <laughs> he got me. I, I I threw you off for a split yeah. second, but but you caught on quick. If your dystopian science fiction futuristic drama. Uh, metaphor action film it has the same logical basis as a 60s sitcom you're fucked <laughs> you, well, you've got is... nothing to offer me right uh, and the, the, the whole film 
is just that simplistic. It tries to be complicated and clever, and all it is is just a simplistic, okay, rich and poor, and then uh, I'm going to ruin the ending for you. The whole, there's a, <laughs> somebody had said, like, there's a twist. I'm like, okay, good. They're eating the kids. Uh, what's the twist? Uh, this is all a dream. I need something. I need, a, I, need a twi- I, need a, I need an M. Night Shyamalan fucking miracle to pull me out of this nightmare of a shit film. And the whole twist is, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the the guy that was leading the back of the train with the poor people, he was in cahoots because they have to maintain a balance because the train can only have so many people to survive. So, and it's like, oh well, you have to have these rich and poor people, and they have to, you know, which it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And I don't care if it's the the ravings of one lunatic, it it doesn't it doesn't maintain anything what he's talking about. And it's like they're walking, and I understand that they can't show everything too. But they're walking through train cars. Oh, here's where, here's the here's the here's like the uh, the the meat locker where we have all the chickens and beef and stuff while you're eating protein. So where are the fucking cows? <laughs> you, if this guy, if this guy, built let's a put it this way. Let's put it this way. I'm sure. I'm positive that they had a stock of of everything of dairy meats, you know everything. But not eighteen years worth. Well, there's no fucking way. Well, they they have the like they have the one they go through the the fish car, which is like a giant aquarium, and they have the little uh, the metaphor slash uh, tour of the fish thing, where they where Tilda Swinton uh, talks about how there has to be a balance and there can only be so many fish eaten and it has to be which is you know which right. kind of and she said something along the lines of you're very lucky because you get to have this now and this is only happens twice a year some right. shit like that and just like these revolutions only yeah, yeah, the whole thing they're they're in the fish tank it's like the, the people in the train are like the fish tank yeah yeah we get it uh but like they they, they say that it's like okay this this is, this is a whole a balanced ecosystem all right yeah, so for, with a fish tank, I can get that, and I understand the metaphor between that and the people in the train. Where are, you, where are the fucking cows? How are you maintaining an ecosystem in a train with livestock? What are you feeding this livestock? It doesn't make sense. Because it's if, not happening. If they were eating the fucking children, that would make more sense. Now, I, it sounds like I really wanted them to be eating children. I did. I apologize. <laughs> but the, you, it, ha, it can't. It's so complex. It doesn't make. And again, it doesn't have that Brazil flair where it's like, oh, I get it. Everything is surreal. No, they go out of their way to make sure it's like dark and gritty. And uh, um, Tilda Swinton, by the way, am I getting that right? Tilda Swinton. Yeah. 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 Hi, highlight of this film for me. Yeah, she's actually pretty good in it. I, her character, I, just, that was just like perfect. Although. I don't understand. Well, I mean, she had uh, dentures. Why would she have those? It's like you have to choose those, don't you? What do you mean? She takes her teeth out at one point. Yeah. I just don't understand why she decided that those were the kind of teeth she wanted. Uh, she's British. She just wanted to. She was, you know, <laughs> Come on. At, at home. I don't know. Be, because she had the look goofy and be a caricature of uh you know upper class i, I, I guess so and maybe in, in the in the, uh, the the comic book that's how that was and i, I don't know and and like all, all the every time we see like these uh these rich people they're like oh you know there's the uh tilda swinton is made up to be this this garish uh you know awkward older like that like the queen mother kind of look and then oh there's the heavy set redhead that comes in and steals the children and oh look there's a fat woman in the sauna <laughs> And then once we get into, and then all of a sudden we find the rave car, 
which apparently is right next to the main engine. Because if you were going to put a party car, a nonstop 24-hour rave car, I'd put it right next to the main engine. That makes the most sense to me. Sure. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and uh, uh, that's where all the beautiful people are. Other than that, all the rich people are caricatures. And then once we hit the rave car, suddenly here's where all the uh, beautiful people are. What was your uh, favorite line in the film? <laughs> my favorite line is the worst line in the film. Uh, okay, so I think I know, because that was my favorite line in the film. You go ahead. Okay. Uh, Chris Evans decides <laughs> to tell a little story at the end of the film, and uh, <laughs> my favorite line is, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm ashamed to say that I know what babies taste like. I'm ashamed to say that I know that they taste best. <laughs> My favorite line in the movie. Was that not yours? Is it something else? Uh, I do. I my biggest regret is I know what people taste like. And next line, chicken. <laughs> yes, that's the that's the best you could do. Cannibal. Now you're going to pull the cannibalism card. We're well, done. I mean, and the thing is too. Uh, when he tells that story, talks about how people were cutting off their own arms so that they would stop eating, you know, like babies and children or just babies. It was like that was like the get, you know, uh -huh. as far as the shock value. Um, as soon as he said that, I'm like, and he goes, I just didn't have it in me to take my own arm. It's like, OK, you're losing your arm. Who fucking saw that coming? <laughs> the, yeah. oh oh my so, so the whole idea of sacrificing and redemption <laughs> like redemption alert redemption alert there will be a redemption in the near future it'll probably involve losing an arm <laughs> and, and and so if people are crowded on a train uh and they resort to cannibalism the newborn's the first thing they go for how yeah, much right. meat is on a newborn Nothing. Oh, I'm sure it's tender. Don't get me wrong. But how much <laughs> meat is on a fucking newborn? Well, you know, they did say babies taste best. Ah, well, baby back ribs. Well, baby back, right. baby back. Well, that's if you have. Ribs. If that's if you have. It's like Albert Fish. You know, Albert Fish always what? said kids taste best. Yeah, but he had a kitchen. He cooked them. He had recipes. There, if you're <laughs> what? Uh, he did have all that stuff. And so you're you're willing to go to cannibalism for that. But then when it comes to the rich people, they're they're using the children as as child labor. Oh gasp. Uh like that's the worst thing in the world. I mean it's it's bad, don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. Well, I mean it's only keeping the train going. It's keeping everyone from dying. And and they <laughs> they, they somehow managed to brainwash these children into utter subservience where they don't even like, you know, notice the world around them uh in uh 2 days. That's quick. Yeah, less even I think uh, the the one kid that was stolen at the beginning of the film was gone that day. Yeah. <laughs> or or the it was like one day went by. Mm -hmm. oh, it's exhausting. It really is. I'm, I'm trying to think if I had if I'm if I'm missing anything in, in my in my reading. There was the the one scene that I found utterly ridiculous was when Chris Evans and the one uh, the one main bad guy in the film they're shooting at each other from opposite sides <laughs> of the train. <laughs> It's like, what purpose does this serve at all? Well, it shows how long the train is, first of all. <laughs> like, I could now, give a shit. Now, here, here's a question. Now, the, apparently, the, the now again, so they, the, the the train, there's no there's no concept of like maintaining service in the, at all. Uh, they they break out a prison 
the the guy who designed all the security system for the train. Right. Because apparently, someone that important, you don't keep in the upper class. You just you lock them away. And their prison is this weird thing where they they put them to sleep with a, some kind of drug, uh, chromatone or something stupid. Chrome, uh, yeah, chroma or chrono be, or something like that. Be, be, chrono, yeah, chrono because because unobtainium was taken. <laughs> and they put them in these. Uh, they put them in like drawers, like a, like a morgue, and somehow that 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 is where they stay. Yeah, they don't die or anything, or, or from, like shit you know, themselves, not eating or, or yeah, yeah, or anything. I don't. Okay. Uh, oh, and apparently, uh, if if you're born on the train, train baby, as they call them, really clever. Uh, apparently, you get super supersonic hearing if uh, that if you're if you're uh, born on the train uh, because because as an infant. Being in a constantly noisy environment makes you a super strong hearer, uh, super strong hearing as a oh, child. Okay. Uh, as you can tell by all the children that live in war-torn third-world countries that are have superhero hearing now. <laughs> or, or no, I'm sorry, no, they're they're deaf. I take that back. <laughs> so, so he he designed all of the security systems. They don't keep them on in case. Oh, I don't know, something breaks. Oh, you know how we always, uh, whenever we watch movies like this, and because it takes place in the future, uh, it's like futuristic this, futuristic that. How about those futuristic matches? Matches no. haven't changed for decades. Oh no, no, yet. even better. No, they weren't futuristic. I thought they were like uh, supposed to be like antique matches. They looked like they were matches from like nineteen twenties. No, I, I, I took it no, the other way. No, the matches, they look like they were made of, like, aluminum or something. Uh, I See, I maybe, I, I'd have to maybe do a little research, but I took it to be, like, I had the opposite effect. It's like, oh, okay, the only person on the car that has matches after the end of the world, and apparently they're antique matches from the early 30s. <laughs> well, oh, the one guy had the last pack of cigarettes ever. He had the last two Marlboros. Hmm... <laughs> How come they weren't really? They weren't growing tobacco on this train. I'm shocked. <laughs> they, were get, they were able to get everything else. Uh, mm, All star cast in this movie, by the way. Well, oh, how the fuck they pulled that off? They got Captain America, uh, the Human Torch, and Thing all in the same film, <laughs> and only in two people. And Ed Harris, yeah, who was... Ed uh, Harris and Jamie who, Bell and Tilda Swinton and who, John Hurt. Yeah, uh, uh, Ed, Ed, Ed Harris's uh, monologue at the end, by the way, was like Ayn Rand-worthy, cringe-inducing, eye-bleeding, holy shit, I fucking get it, can you stop talking? <laughs> and that better be a fucking kid you're cooking on that grill, or I'm going to be very angry at the end of this film. And it wasn't. It was just meat that they got from some cow that's in a car somewhere that they're feeding... I guess insect. I, who the fuck? Yeah, how good could that meat taste? Let's say they did have a cow, and the only thing they could feed it was these black, disgusting insect protein bars. How good is that meat going to fucking taste? It's going to be horrible. <sighs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, and, and again... Go go and read your IMDb uh, five star reviews. I'll go ahead and do that because you get a lot of this. Uh, I glance through them just to piss myself off because you get the people that oh yeah they're the haters out there who don't get it who don't understand art and this blah blah blah. So yeah, there's like like I think like the top one there, uh, some someone is raving. You can tell when you watch this film, every single line, every single moment, every single shot was carefully measured. Really, how about the fish scene? 
<laughs> you want to explain the fish scene to me? I'm I'm good on metaphors. So the the, the these these the poor are rushing forward through these cars, and they come across the car that's filled with jackbooted thugs, all in black armor and weapons that have been very well maintained on this moving train for 17 years, and they all stand there in silence as the these uh ma- these masked black uh, stormtroopers gut a fish in front of them and then attack. <laughs> and then later... Yeah, they, they just put like a, like a, like a um, small axe to gut it. Yeah, they slice it, it open with a small axe. There's blood on the axe. And then, and then later, Chris Evans slips on the fish. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? I mean, what was the metaphor? It's like, we're going to gut you like a fish? I mean, you could have just had somebody I, say that. What, 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 the Italian mob take over this train? What the fuck <laughs> is that about? You gotta oh, yeah, it. and what's her face? Uh, the one that won the Oscar for... Uh, um, the lobster lady. It? The lobster lady. Yeah, the lobster she, she's lady. in it too. After she won her Oscar, not before she won her Oscar, then did this movie. Well, again, they, they uh, always tend to do that, though. Well, again, I mean, uh, you you get this kind of um, a director who's got this history of making these great films. Like, oh, I'm on board. Uh, I, I I even saw uh, a trivia on IMDb where, where Chris Evans apparently had a discussion with uh, Bong about the fish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I slip on the fish. Really, I said, no, no, it's a twist. It's a, uh, oh, it's a what? It's a, it's a twist. Okay, it's a fish. <laughs> I I you know, okay, this is a metaphor that gets carried on later. Uh, I, I I don't know. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> And then the whole thing with the classroom with the kids where they're pumping propaganda into them and You know what and, you know what scene is on? It, it, it's the scene where the guy he's running in slow motion jumps up to turn the the lever. Oh. Or yeah. That, that, tell me he doesn't look like Jigsaw's like half retarded brother. <laughs> I would have killed for Jigsaw to be on this train. I know that's politically incorrect. I know it's very insensitive to me, but it's the only thing I was thinking when I was watching this. This, it's this like, film this film was insensitive to me. <laughs> um, and if, if this train's been on for 17 years where do they find all the fresh new fur coats yeah I was thinking that too oh and at the end of the movie oh, they oh, just have don't, 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 don't. Okay, save right, the end right. for the last save the end for the last uh, okay, okay. but it, it had to do with the fur coats so no, 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 I, we're going to revolve around that again no no I, I know what you're going to say and I'll let you say it but okay. save that for the end um, uh, let's talk more logic in the film the the the, uh, the the Korean guy, the uh, yeah, that when he fucking the security systems expert, yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. drag him out because he has to get them through all the doors, and he v- reveals that every year we pass by because this whole train takes one full year to revolve around the con- uh, the planet or the continents that it's hooked up to. Um, by the way, uh, they need to put they need to kidnap children from the poor people to maintain the inside of the train because they need small people under there to like you know move the levers and clean things out. But apparently, the tracks that have been left on a on a desolate wasteland for seventeen years just keep themselves uh, maintained. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because if they were revolving in a circle that maybe was I don't well we'll just say uh, one square mile. Just the general heat from the train going in a circle, that that small of a circle, would keep the tracks probably, uh, you know, in check. But like you said, it takes one full year. 
Right. How, you're right. How the fuck? And oh, I didn't think of that till you mentioned it. How the fuck do these tracks not get all fucked up? You did rust it out. I'm constantly thinking, what the fuck's going on? How do these tracks? And then at one point, I was like, oh, there's a gap in the tracks. No, it's not a gap. I, there's an ice an ice sculpture has formed around the tracks at one point, and the snow piercer has to pierce that ice. And oh, <laughs> all right, so ice formed in, in a huge block on this one part of the track, but there are no other links of this track uh, during this desolate arctic wasteland of a planet where maybe just ice is collected along the length of the track to such an extent that the wheels will just kind of lift off no yeah, no, no 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 of course not because that would be unrealistic <laughs> and speaking of ice so the the, the security guy said, once a year we come around and there's this plane that was crashed way 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 down uh, on the um, uh, on the ground and you know, five years, ten years ago, you could only see the tail. Now you can see the whole plane. That means less snow, less ice. He figured this out all by himself. By oh, checking, sure. By looking at this little plane crashed all the way down that he has to strain and press his head up against the glass. Meanwhile, the teacher is telling about, oh, the, how the last revolt failed. And the frozen people that were escaping the train the last time there was a revolt are still visible. <laughs> you can still make out their human forms. They're not covered in a giant snowdrift. And if that's the case, if it's getting warmer and so there's less ice and snow accumulating, where did the fucking giant ice sculpture come from? <laughs> These are all great points. I'm not saying the film has to be... I wish I took notes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did too. I'd have more than this. This is just off the top of my fucking head. I mean, the only note I have... The only thing I haven't mentioned here uh, is... Um, uh, bah, 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 bah. I mentioned the ball. Um, oh yeah, so they have this fish and they have a sushi bar that's only used twice a year, but they right. devoted the space to a whole sushi bar. That's stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, the bugs we mentioned, who's making all the clothing, the manual labor. Yeah, everything I've jotted down, I've already talked about. It's, it's just, they're just fucking I, again, it doesn't have to make I'm, you know, I'm not one of those people that picks out little nitpicky things. Oh, where did he find the pen? Fuck that. You know, enjoy yourself. But you're you're, you're your focus of the film is about how this is an enclosed ecosystem that has to have balance. There's no balance. There's no way for it to be balanced. <laughs> ah. If, ah. They, if they had if they had got rid of that balance shit and it was just this kind of surreal and, and again, I I've watched surreal French science fiction films. I don't sit there nitpicking at uh, the children Sure. Like uh, delicatessen. Delicatessen or uh, Children of Lost was it Children of Lost Souls? City of Lost Children. City of Lost Children. I'm not like, "Oh, well, how how does it make any sense that there's seven uh, you know, how does he replicating DNA?" Yeah, shut the fuck up and enjoy the film. That's <laughs> that's surreal as sci-fi. This is fucking stupid. I, I hate that I get angry at this, but why why would you do this to me? <laughs> I just wanted to watch a film, and I like train films. I like train films, dude. Narrow, Runaway Train, Runaway Train, is probably probably my all time favorite. Narrow Margin, ah, oh, fucking Gene Hackman and Narrow Margin. Yeah, Silver Streak. I like train films. Silver Streak, yes. <laughs> mm. Even Money Train wasn't that bad. Money Train wasn't that bad. Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. Money Train wasn't that bad. I will back you up on that. <laughs> Out of all the films that Woody Harrelson and uh, Denzel Watt, not Denzel, the, the, other, the other black guy, Wednesday, Wesley, Wesley Snipes, yeah. the one yes. that doesn't pay his taxes. Yeah, that's yes. um, not Samuel L. Jackson because he'd yell at me. Um, 
out of, of of all the films those two two guys have done, Money Train definitely not the worst film. <laughs> this has to be the worst train film I've ever seen. I probably maybe I'm forgetting something, but god damn it, how hard is it to make a train film? It's not. And do you want to discuss the ending? What like it? Didn't we talk about the ending? Ending already? No, we didn't. I, I stopped you. I said no. We the ending saved the ending for last. I thought you said about the twist. Oh we no! That, well, that, that was the, that was just a twist. But I mean, I'm talking about when they step out of the train. That's, that's the, the part. Ending. Okay, fine. That's the ending. All right, that is like the last scene. Right. Okay. So, what happens is they uh, decide it's a good idea to blow up the train. Right. Because <laughs> uh, the metaphor is society's too sick to survive, which I'm for. I'm sure. for wiping out mankind. Okay? You got me there. But come on, at least eat the children first. But I'm sorry, go ahead. So they they decide to uh, blow up the train, but in the process of doing that, they uh, Chris Evans, he notices that under the, the... That's how the whole reveal of the kids working on trains happens. But he notices uh, uh, the lobster lady's kid uh, is under there. So he decides to put his arm down there to... Uh, to and there's like this revolving... Uh, gear that he's got to put his arm in there to stop it so that this kid can get out well that's how he loses his arm so in the process that happens they blow up the train now the only survivors left are that little kid and the asian girl that's with the security guy they walk out of the train and into the snow both wearing fur coats hers i get (laughs) The little kids, <laughs> I don't. How the fuck did they get a fur coat that would fit a three or four year old just out of nowhere? Now, now, all right, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a bit. Now, let's. I'm say, sure that there were kids on the, on that part yeah, of the train that may have had it. Now, but it fucking blew up. Now, I, yeah, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate with you too. I, I, and again, even if I try to rationalize it. Well, there were young, rich kids, uh, rich, there's no money. There were young, upper-class children near the front of the train. We saw them in the classroom where they're being pumped propaganda to hate the poor because that's why you hate the poor, not because they're scary. And so I'm sure maybe those kids had fur coats for when they occasionally walked through a cold car. But since that car was all the way like around the middle of the train and the front of the train had the rave car... Yeah, which where is no where one they was got wearing the, anything. Which is where they got the fur coat in the first place, because when you're at a rave in a hot, crowded train, you want a fur coat. They grab the fur coats from them. There probably weren't any seven-year-olds in the rave car. That's right. And if there were any fur coats for the children, there were probably at least a few cars back, closer to where the little children are sleeping. I, I guess there's a child sleep car somewhere. So, yes, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and I was... Now, at the very end, the whole idea is that they're on this train because, again, because if, as long as you're traveling fast enough, cold isn't cold. And they, uh, the, the, the only survivors are this little boy and a woman who I'm sure undoubtedly will be able to repopulate the earth by themselves. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, she can speak English. No, she can't. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they, they get off the train. And uh, I'm okay with the last two survivors of mankind being minorities. I got no problem with that. I think that's probably a good thing. And they, you know uh, what that polar bear was thinking in that last scene? Lunch. And that's my point. <laughs> Thank you. Because the, the last scene is they come out and they see a polar bear, which is proof of life. 
and they look at the polar bear and the polar bear looks back at them and they're like wow so there are there is life out here people are things are surviving and we can survive in this world and and the the, the one last thing is you know what guess what you're still lower class because you're the bottom of the fucking food chain bitch <laughs> because nature doesn't give a fuck about you nature is more relentless ruthless and fucking killer than any dystopian trained civilization you can create in a fucking shitty movie like snowpiercer and that yep. that polar bear is going to eat that kid and woman and then he's going to drink a fucking coca-cola because someone has to pay for this film <laughs> And the name. The na- oh, Snowpiercer. Snow that was my first sign that this was a shit film. Snowpiercer. What the fuck does that name mean? We've it's- talked about, not even that, but we've talked about how uh, they're just naming movies in a very simplistic way. Now, because apparently everybody's got fucking ADD these days. That if they called it something else, like. Like, take Birdman, right? The first part's simple. The second part is really, like, you know, the part that you got to pay attention to. Right. I'm sure people's heads exploded when they read the second line. Like this, Snowpiercer. They should have just called it, you know, Cold Train or something. like. I don't know. But how about at least something that has a metaphor? I mean... If there was, if, like, like the, when we talked about Oscar films with their titles, like American Sniper, all right, lazy fucking title, but for a lazy audience, let's be fair. Then we move on to Whiplash. Here's the title with substance, because it's about that violent reaction. Uh, that, but at the same time, it's the name of the song, and it's a, you know, there's there are there's layers to what the meaning of that title is. Right. Snowpiercer. Not the name is that it wasn't the name of the train, right? I'm pretty sure it wasn't the name of the train. I don't believe it was because he didn't he built the train before the whole thing. I'm I'm almost positive it wasn't the name of the train, not the name yeah. of the train, not the name of anybody in the film. The film wasn't really about snow piercing. The only thing the train does pierce is fucking ice, and all right, <laughs> uh, maybe snow piercing isn't piercing the snow is in like warmth and getting out of there. But since the whole film is about class warfare and and uh, political structures and and duplicity and all that, what the fuck? <laughs> cold train, cold storage. There, I just gave you a better title for this fucking film. Meat Locker. Um, <laughs> if they were eating people, it could have been called Meat Locker. First class. Uh, yeah. It, it, you know, the ticket puncher. Anything. <laughs> Anything. That, a the little, Polar Express. Two. Shit. <laughs> you, I mean, you're, you're combining the whole idea of the upper class and lower class with first class and coach. Call it fucking coach. Sure. Call it the fucking caboose. The caboose. The, I used the, to eat at a diner in Bluefield called the caboose. I I've been there. I think it's. A, I used to go. It's a I used piano, to go there when no, I was a kid. It's a piano bar now. Uh, I think it became a bike shop. Oh, is it now? I mean, last time. Well, no, it became a bike shop. I don't know what it is now. Last time we were there it was a piano bar. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Um, but it, yeah, it could be anything now. That fucking town. Uh. Yeah. They, how about the little engine that really fucking shouldn't have in the first place? Yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent behind that. Ah. But Heartbreakers is still in Bluefield Center. <laughs> well, of course, because strip clubs never die. Oh, sure they do. This one just won't for some reason. Mm-hmm. But we're off topic. <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, dude. I mean, I. I uh, you, yes. So. Uh, you know, when Scott called me with it, I knew I wasn't going to like it. Cause, 
because I was avoiding it too. <laughs> Dude, how long was it until we finally watched the Hitcher remake? It's like what three we, we, years? We watched that one together. That's why it took so long. I was like Joey, I can't watch this alone. You got you no, got I, no, I know. That was, just, before, that was before I got Holly to actually watch these shitty films of me. We like, should actually know. we should actually thank the remake of The Hitcher because it's how we ended up doing this show. That was actually during the show. We're, we're, we're watching The Hitcher remake with Sean Bean and like halfway through it, I just turned to Joey and like, you know, there are people that bitch like nonstop like we do when they record it and it's called a podcast. It's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently lots of people are doing it. <laughs> yes, nearly six years ago at this point. And, it, it, and we haven't stopped since. Well, and, and I think one of the things we were talking about uh, that night, it was like, yeah, you know, you got some shows that are like 50, 60 episodes in, and Scott goes, we could fucking do more than that. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. And we with tenfold. So, no, it's uh, uh, so bad. So bad. So yeah, I, I I didn't like this film. You were more vehemently than me. But you, you know, it's because again, I, we're talking. There there are people. Some of the people. These are people I met at my, my current school, which I'm not getting along with right now as a whole. <laughs> but these are people that like I've become friends with just in the short year and a half I've been going to this college, and okay. uh, they're smart people. They're talented artists. They're you know they're doing. One of them's a journalist now, and he's like great stuff and the other one's a great writer and uh and other people online that i know that are smart people that i you know i respect their these are people that whose opinions i really respect and and it's not like one of them said oh i like that film oh well that's we have a difference of opinion okay that happens you know i like ernest goes to jail you know let's (laughs) let's call a spade a spade um but everybody said it was good (laughs) everybody i didn't I was even tweeting about it. I wonder if I... I, I don't. I you did tweet about it. I, re- I was reading those tweets before you called me. <laughs> you so so when, I, when I saw the phone call, I was like, I think I know what this is going to be about. All right. But I might not. I didn't tweet a lot, but I got... Um, you did I, three or four, I think. First one was, finally watching Snowpiercer. This better not suck. Uh, then, is it just me or did Snowpiercer blatantly rip off Vonnegut's Ice Nine? I'm not even five minutes into the film. Uh, so, Snowpiercer was written by somebody who never got to fly first class. I gotcha. Yeah. 15, 15 minutes into Snowpiercer, and I feel like I'm being fucked in the eye socket by a metaphor. Because I'm, I'm, cause I'm so, like, clever. Um, oh, I, I meant to mention this earlier. The necro intercoms in Riddick make more sense than this. I still haven't seen Riddick. Okay. There, the whole idea there's these neck again here's another film it's science fantasy right okay we've got spaceships we've got a whole race of people that are supposedly like half dead all right that's cool even that where i'm willing to suspend a lot of disbelief because i like the riddick films i really do you you got to give and take all right we're seeing an action film it's vin diesel it's not supposed to be really that fucking dead on it's not you know it's right um these necros, like they're, so they're dead and they're brought back to life, so they're not dead, and it's like a religious cult thing, and they worship death. That's great. Uh, one one of the necros is communicating with another one, and to do this, they have these giant morgue slabs. They roll out, and there's like corpses wrapped in like black cellophane, and they talk through them. And I'm thinking, an advanced race that has these giant spaceships, an intercom system might be a bit more efficient. It can't be that hard to run wiring through the ship. I mean, they're they're blowing up entire planets with the shit. I'm sure they, they Bluetooth's not around. 
<laughs> really? We're wiring up corpses to talk through? This is the best we can do? And how secure is this line? How secure? If somebody has a corpse in the other room, is this a corpse-to-corpse call, or is this like a uh, party corpse? <laughs> Par- party corpse? Yeah, I, I, li- <laughs> I like it. That made more sense to me than this fucking film. Uh, then I had, uh, what the Meet hell? hot new corpses. Yeah. You know? So then I, uh, just, just a couple more, because I, I kind of gave up. It was like, uh, what the hell is with the fish gutting scene? You can tell I lost it there. Uh, wake me up on when they get to the dining car. They never did. Uh, and then now I know what kind of nightmares Ayn Rand had after too much Vienna sausages and cheap wine. Yeah. <laughs> and that, at that point, I was just, I, I couldn't even concentrate the, on my, I was like, my hands were shaking too much. I couldn't tweet anymore. Uh, but, 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 but what the fuck is up with this? <laughs> Come on, people. And uh, an IMDb rating, seven stars. Yes, yeah. On a, what, 100, 126,000 votes? That's that's a pretty solid score. That's a pretty solid fucking score. I mean, uh, I just to compare, I mean, if I bring up Blade Runner, eight stars. Okay. Blade Runner is only one star better than Snowpiercer. <laughs> really? And I'm sure there's a few sci-fi movies that are less than Snowpiercer that are infinitely better. Uh, holy, I mean... Uh, and then even like his film Mother, I'm looking that up real quick. Uh, hey, you know what? Uh, look up Runaway Train. <laughs> Runaway Train better be better. Than seven. Oh, I guarantee you, it's not. Runaway Train with John Voight and Eric Roberts. Wow, those two guys. Rebecca De Mornay. Seven point three. Thank God. Runaway Train is point three stars better than Snowpiercer. It's it, and it's it, it's way better than seven point three, but at least it's better. Um, I hate this film. <laughs> I really do. So we should go ahead and rate it. Tilda Swinton was the saving grace in this film, and I. You know, honestly, Tilda Swinton, she is fucking the bomb. I, I don't know what it is about uh, uh, Michael Clayton, uh, even like Hellblazer. Oh, right. Which, by the way, I liked Hellblazer. Fuck all of you people who are happy with Constantine, the TV show. There was nothing wrong with Just because Keanu Reeves was in it, suddenly we had to, uh, we had to get our panties in a bunch. Eh, eh. That fucking movie was more dead on on a, on a comic book level than that Constantine shit is. And I've watched a couple episodes, so fuck you. But yeah, Tilda... I haven't, I haven't watched that. Tilda um, Swinton was like, it was like, oh, look, here's an actress. She's going to get... Try to, she's trying to... She's going to... Her performance was fucked. I recommend this film until she dies. Oh, did I give that away? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. Fuck you if you like this film. First time I and ever I saw probably, her... You know, I just said that, and what? I know people that like this film that I like, so I can't say that. <laughs> but but uh, god damn it, come on. Really? First time I ever saw her in anything was Danny Boyle's The Island. It was the follow up film he did right after Train Spotting. Oh, you mean the one where they got sued massively because they ripped off a made for TV film and didn't tell anybody? Oh, I didn't know that. We're talking about the sci fi one with Ian McGregor, right? No, 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 no. That, that's... that's The Island, isn't it? Uh, then it's called the Island. Oh shit! Then it's uh, what the fuck's it called? Then it's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tilda Swinton. Danny Boyle did it. I thought I thought it was called the Island. Uh, there's the Island in there's the 1980s the Island with Michael Caine and David Warner. That's a good one. Uh, Pirates in the Bermuda Triangle. 
That's, no, it's it's got the word island in it. The island then, is uh, 2005 with Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor. That's the one I'm talking about. That's yeah, the one where, no, that's not the one I'm talking that's about. That's the one she where was, they were massively sued. Yeah. It was, I, you know what the funny thing was? My mother used to watch that film, Island 2005 with Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. My mother's watching it uh, when she was living just, here. And I kind of sit down and watch for 10 minutes like, I've seen this before. This isn't, no, wait a minute. This is a remake, isn't it? This is a remake. <laughs> like, it took me 10 minutes to realize this is a remake. And they thought like they, they were it was so fucking bad. They had they had like fifty seven different points of uh, commonality between that and I forget the name of the original made for TV movie. It was just like it's like the screenwriter said, "He'll never notice." <laughs> they did. <laughs> <laughs> you got to look it up. You know, just look up Tilda Swinton, and the movie was made in like. Um, uh, what was it like? Ninety seven, ninety eight. I know the like movie you're talking about. It's it's with it's with um, Leonardo, Leonardo Caprio, and they find this beach. I think it's called the, the beach. beach. The yeah, beach, not the island. The beach, not the fucking island. The beach. Uh, That's the first thing I ever saw her in. I I forgot she was in Vanilla Sky. Um, oh, she, yeah, she's been. A ton That's of right, shit. she is. No, she's been a ton of shit. Uh, she's gonna. She she will get an Oscar at some point. That was like wasn't that was that nineties or was that two thousand something? The beach. I, th- I thought it was like ninety seven. Uh, ooh, Sleepwalkers. Oh, different Sleepwalkers. Never mind. 97? I'm not seeing the what? beach anywhere here. Are you sure she was in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, you're making me do research here during our show, but I'll look up Leonardo DiCaprio. That'll be quicker. I think yes. it's... Sh- I, 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 he, he did it... Oh, you know what? He I, did it right after Titanic, so a, it must have been like 98, 99. Yeah, I, w- I was kind of guessing that Leonardo DiCaprio's list would be a lot shorter than Tilda Swinton's. I was right. Um, after what, Titanic? He did it right after Titanic. Uh, the Beach, uh, 2000, years 2000. Was it 2000? Yeah, Shit. 2000, and I don't see that on her list. I, uh, oh, you know, here it is. It was, it was hidden between the propagandists and possible worlds. Uh, the Beach, yeah, you're right. First thing I ever saw her in. Really? I yeah. I, I don't remember the first thing I saw her in. Uh, but that was she, the first thing I ever saw her in. I would have to actually look to see what was the first thing I saw her in. All right. So what are we rating this? Uh, I'm looking up Tilda Swinton. I don't care. Dude, it's got to be it, uh, five. I want to start with five. I I can do five. I don't know if um. Uh, I don't know the first time I saw her in a film, but I'm trying to look at her older films, and I... Oh! I bet you, um, Orlando. Was was she in Orlando? Yeah. Orlando's the first film I saw her in. Oh, really? I saw Orlando in the theater in 1992. I'm pretty sure that's the first film I ever saw her in, because I, uh... I don't, I don't think like, I've ever. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Um, so. it's it's a bit of an art film. I'm not sure if I liked it. <laughs> uh. I mean, honestly, I, I was I, I was growing as a film goer, and I, maybe I saw it. I, I didn't hate it. Uh, I liked parts of it actually, but it was good. I liked it. I don't know if it's your cup of tea. Uh, I don't know. I like some art stuff. But uh, I think that was the first film I saw her in back in '92, Orlando, and in the theater, Angelica in, in uh, New York City. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> People were paying. Twelve, fifteen bucks to go to a movie, go to a movie, in you know in nineteen ninety two. I'm Angelica. not. I'm not willing to give this more than five stars. And the only reason I don't want to go lower than five stars is because of Tilda Swinton, and I I do have some respect for the writer director from his previous works. So I, I'm kind of feel a little guilty actually trying to lowball him below five. I'd like to say five is in. You know what? It was a good idea. 
but no. I'm in. Five is good. All right. Uh, 126,000 votes on this. That's a lot. Uh, and uh, it peaks at seven. So it does not obtain cult film status. Sorry. And uh, not, not a wide variety. Highest demographic is uh, males under 18, eight stars. Lowest demographic is males 45 and over with 6.7 stars. <laughs> and so, so basically, uh, people under 18, males and females under 18, are like, yeah, I get it. It's like rich versus poor. And then age 45 and older is like, I, I've been in coach. It ain't that bad. <laughs> I don't know what you're fucking talking about. <sighs> I'm spent. I fucking this film just yeah, reminds me. I was tired before we started the show. Now more. <laughs> oh, <sighs> yes. Um, All right. I guess we should end this thing. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks for thanks for listening to me spout my bile and hatred for this film. Uh, for those of you listening who are friends of mine who have liked the film, I honestly am sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry that you enjoyed. I don't this. think I don't I don't think you're sorry. I'm I'm sorry that they enjoyed this, and I hope in the future I can talk them out of it. To at least, uh-huh. you know what? You can enjoy it, but please admit this film was a bad movie. I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with you saying you like. I like Drive Angry, and I'm not saying it's a good film. I'm saying it was well done. Please just stop calling oh. it. What? No, no, no. I I think I might use a Drive Angry photo for our new website. <laughs> just please stop calling it a good film. Please, you know, this one idiot on on IMDb where every frame was. Uh, is it even here? Yeah. A, no. It, a cinematic he, he, microcosm of society. Yes. Oh, uh-huh. See, he doesn't have another film that he feels that passionate about, so he do he's doing it with this one. This film is Watch sure more to, movies. This film is sure to be the topic of many, many essays for years to come. No. Fuck you. I wrote a I wrote a ten page, twelve page uh well rough first draft is fifteen pages. I wrote a fifteen page paper for my college on Jim Cotta, and I'm telling you, <laughs> this movie's not worthy of a fucking essay. No. Uh, all right, everybody. Episode 169. Thank you. Uh, uh, go to our website at movies. What? What? Uh, what are we doing next week? We're gonna go back to uh, um, Times Square. We, we can do Times Square next week. But it won't be next week. There's gonna be a slight hiatus. I'm gonna be out of the, out yeah, of the look, country. Uh, that's next, fine. Out of that's the, fine. Yeah. They won't know the difference. Uh, close. I'll be. I'll be in uh, Georgia. So. Okay. Week. Cool. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for episode 169 of Movie Sucktastic. You can go to our website at moviesucktastic.com and you can download all the shows. You can listen to all the shows. You can also watch the show live every Thursday at 8 p.m. You can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. You want to email us? The address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can also go to iTunes and download the shows there as well. If you go there, make sure you leave us a review. You can also get the Android app for your phone. Everything I just said is in there, and it's free. It's awesome. And that about does it. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.